Hi guys, I'm here to remind you about the Fresh Health Award. The annual award, which is presented at our convention and trade show, is given to a company that's encouraging the consumption of fruits and vegetables by either using the Half Your Plate program or the Fredgy Children's program. To nominate a company, simply email me at skarkash at cpma.ca. Hello and welcome to Produce Talks, the CPMA podcast. I'm Ian Brody, CPMA Education Manager and your host of Produce Talks. We are sponsored again by Nature Fresh Farms. Super excited to get started with this episode, which is all about Canada's food guide. On this episode, we'll explore the changes from the previous guide, the challenges that it presents to Canadians, and the evidence and support behind the revisions. I have two excellent guests joining me today, first with Chef Michael Smith, and later we'll have registered dietitian Carol Harrison on the show. Here we go. The New Food Guide. Such an interesting topic because it's been released in a culture and social climate of nutrition and diet that can be so polarized, especially online where new diets are introduced and opinions on nutrition are swayed and debated. So naturally, the Food Guide was going to be met with some criticism when it was released earlier this year. Overall, however, the new guide has been widely considered a fresh and necessary upgrade from the previous guide released 12 years ago in 2007. The former guide focused heavily on the four categorical food groups and serving portions. This became widely considered by health professionals and nutrition experts as confusing, far too prescriptive, and in some cases even unhealthy for Canadian consumers. One size doesn't fit all, and I think that's especially where the new guide gets it right. The new Canada's Food Guide is just that, a guide that recommends plenty of fruits and vegetables, whole grain foods, and protein foods. You no longer need to carry a measuring cup and teaspoons with you everywhere you go to follow it. Other recommendations from the Food Guide? Water over sugary drinks, reading food labels, being critical of food marketing, preparing meals at home, and eating together. What is really important to note is that the Food Guide was developed through evidence-based policymaking. During the policy development of the new Canada's Food Guide, Health Canada did not meet with industry lobby groups and established a transparent process of disclosing communications with interested stakeholders, including the public. The guide was developed with the support of evidence reviews and advice from health professionals, looking at the scientific research on food, diet, and nutrition, and placing that in a Canadian context. And in the last 12 years, new research has come to light, especially when it comes to the benefits of plant-based proteins, variety, and healthy eating habits. We'll talk about some of that science that supports the new guide later on in the show with registered dietitian Carol Harrison. And there are notable similarities between the food guide and our Half Your Plate program, which advocates and provides strategies to fill half your plate with fruits and veggies. And let's make no qualms about it. The main imagery released in the food guide is literally just that, half a plate of fruits and veggies. Our Half Your Plate program has been resonating with consumers across the country with the help of our culinary ambassador, Chef Michael Smith. And Michael joins us today on the phone to talk about the food guide. Good morning. Chef Michael, welcome to Produce Talks. Thank you. Good to be here. Where are we uh, talking to you from today? I am on beautiful Prince Edward Island in downtown Fortune, looking at Bay Fortune, looking at snow and eagerly awaiting spring. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I've been seeing pictures on your uh, Instagram lately. Uh, that's quite the renovation you have going on at, in PEI there. 
Yeah, our new uh, our new inn, the Inn at Fortune Bridge. My wife is uh, deep into the development on that. We're racing to get her done and ready for uh, for our summer season. So today we are talking about the new food guide, uh, and I'm sure you shared our positivity when the new food guide was released earlier this year. Unbelievable. So could you tell me, uh, what were your initial thoughts when it was uh, released? Well, I think there's two highlights, first of all. The focus on processed food in particular is is huge. I mean, this really is, in so many ways, you really only have to make two choices in your life. First, do not let factories cook for you and your family. Don't do it. Under no circumstances, we've got to get rid of this pervasive myth in our society that somehow processed food is an actual viable option. It's not. It's killing Canadians. Full stop. Enough said. The other big one, of course, is once you've made that choice and you're cooking simple, real food for your family, focusing on fruits and vegetables and as simple as it sounds, literally filling half your plate every chance you get with fruits and vegetables, it's profound. It's a game changer. I cannot overemphasize how important this is. Yeah, I mean, we were certainly delighted when we saw it. We've been advocating for the continued consumption of fruits and vegetables, fresh fruits and vegetables. I'm also thrilled with the context that's emerging in our food guide. Uh, you know, I think we're all waking up and realizing that food isn't in a vacuum. Food exists within a societal context. And understanding the power of the table, understanding the need to come together and eat together, understanding simple things like drinking lots of water, like these are all very, very powerful and simple things. Yeah, I love that it's not necessarily all about healthy eating, but it's about healthy living as well. That really leads into one of my questions here. One thing that really stood out to me, like you said, is is the recommendation to simply cook more often and, and eat together. I think recognizing the challenge that the average busy Canadian family has when it comes to buying groceries, preparing and cooking meals, and, and sitting down together to eat. So what does cooking and eating together mean to you? And, and do you have any rituals or routines, I guess, with, with your family? Cooking and eating together with my family is everything to me. We do it every single day. Uh, cooking healthy food is one thing. Enjoying that healthy food at the table, a table free of devices and distractions. This is humanity. This is in us. We come together around the table. You know, I, I can't stress the importance of this enough. Food isn't in a vacuum. Food exists in a societal context. And when we enjoy that food together with our families, we're doing what human beings have done for tens of millions of years. It's essential. It can't be overstated. So what are some strategies or, or tips, I guess, that you might have for a busy family to cook and eat together more often? I think strategically, if you're a busy family and you're trying to find that time to cook together and eat together more often, I think the first thing you have to do is be aware. You know, so much of life is about setting our intentions and understanding the things that we need to do in the first place, understanding and embracing those things. Uh, you know, I understand that, that all of us, myself included, we're all very busy. Life is busy. It comes at us at a million miles an hour. Yet somehow we have this infinite capacity for making things priorities and the things that we prioritize tend to work. So perhaps the intention is first. We have to understand the importance of this. You know, and in so many ways, there's so many kids these days that grow up in families that just don't do that. You know, and now we have a, a generation of adults that grew up not doing that. And so they don't know what they're missing. So the first step is for them to understand the power of this, the importance of it, so they can set that intention. And like so many other things in life, when you set your intentions, 
they just magically fall into place. You know, I think we have to understand that this isn't some loosey-goosey, hug a tree, eat a bowl of granola. Mm -hmm. This is real. This is important. You know, this has to happen. This is life at its best. You know, when kids don't come together around the table and they grow up absent those human connections with their family, we're doing them a tremendous disservice. Yeah, my wife and I try to sit down together every night as well. And I think that that was something that was really passed down from our parents, you know, making the time to eat together and also instilling that sense of fun and and creativity, I guess, in cooking. Yes. And I understand. I mean, I've, I've built my career on this. I understand the realities of food out there and what it's like. And I understand that as human beings, so many of us, I mean, this is what we do. We confuse the unknown with difficult. So if for whatever reason, and with no judgment, you grew up in a world where you just didn't get exposed to real home cooking, and now you're in a position where you're thinking about your own family and you want to do these things, mm-hmm. it's perfectly natural to think to yourself, oh my God, cooking's difficult, because you don't know it. But once you get in and you start doing it, you realize, look, again, 10 million years of humanity has done this, and you can do it too. You just need to set your intention and get to it. And like everything else in life that you set your intention and set out to do, you're going to figure it out. It's not that difficult. Mm -hmm. The recommendation of cooking more, I think that that also presents a challenge to people that might just be starting out in the kitchen. And and also the suggestion of staying away from some of those highly processed foods, again, creating a challenge for someone that is the beginner cook, I guess, maybe um, new to the kitchen, new to the grocery store. So what are some strategies, I guess, for those that might just be starting out? The first strategy is ignore everything you see in the media. Stop watching (laughs) Food Network. The bottom line is we have a food-oriented media that convinces us day after day after day that food is difficult, that food belongs on a pedestal, that there's this thing called perfection, that people travel the world looking for the perfect tool, the perfect ingredient, the perfect this, that, or the other thing, and frankly, it's all perfect hooey. The first thing we have to do is understand that at heart, food is darn simple. Putting a potato in the oven and baking it is an incredibly healthy thing to do. You don't need a recipe for that. You don't need to watch Food Network for that. Just keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Keep it simple. Now, I, look, I'm not throwing Food Network under the bus here. I mean, we've together, we've done so many wonderfully positive things. We've elevated the discourse of food and put it in a cultural position that's amazing. But as with so many things in life, there's another side to that. We've also created a generation of Canadians that, that put food on a pedestal that are more interested in what it looks like and the, the, the picture on Instagram exactly, and, yeah. and all of those things. And they're engaging with all this intricacy and missing the point. Mm-hmm. You know, at heart, food is simple. It's just simple. There's so much information coming at people. And it's often so contradictory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, all that information flow is often so contradictory that it, that it puts us off. You know, we it leads us wondering and, and, you know, we're constantly overwhelmed with the latest diet and it's this and it's that. And now you can eat this thing that you've been told you can't eat, but don't eat that thing that you thought you could eat and blah, blah, blah. And it's just, Mm -hmm. it's all hooey. At the end of the day, two choices. First, no processed food, period. Second, lots of fruits and vegetables. Do those two things. You are doing 100% of what you need to do for your family. You're, you're, you're a good cook. You're doing it right. So let's talk about the shift in the new food guide to a proteins category. Plant-based proteins are now included with milk and meat. What are some of your favorite high-protein fruits, vegetables, legumes that consumers could use more in the kitchen? You know, in essence, 
what we need to do is eat the things that the animals eat. Now, look, I'm not a vegetarian, okay? But sometimes I say to myself, hey, I'm a vegetarian and I eat meat. In other words, fruits and vegetables are the first choices that we make. You know, I think back to when I went to cooking school all those years ago, and back then, you know, we were taught the first choice is, okay, what's the meat? What's the protein? And then the next choice is, you know, the sauce, the garnish. And then the next choice is, what's the starch? Is it rice? Is it potato? Is it pasta? Whatever. And then maybe you start thinking about the vegetables. Today, enlightened chefs all over the world, the first thing they think about are the fruits and vegetables on the plate. So it's a shift in consciousness. It's a move. And I'm, I'm not a guy that's sitting here saying, oh, my God, stop eating meat. Oh, gosh, it's bad for us. You know, but the fact is, we do eat too much meat. We eat more meat than we as human beings are designed to eat. Just do. It has enormous complications and ramifications for us, but it also has a huge impact on our planet and what we're doing in terms of sustainability here on the planet. Now, again, I there is no bigger fan of hardworking farmers, hardworking ranchers, all the folks that bring that meat and put it on our plates, all of our dairy farmers. There's no bigger fan on the planet than me. But I'm forced to point out, and it's, not, it's less about the dairy, it's more about the meat. We need to eat a little less. We truly do. It is high-order protein. Yes, it's convenient. Yes. We still need that variety. Yes, we do. We need more variety, and we really, at the end of the day, we should eat more of the things that the animals themselves eat. It's better for us. It's better for the planet. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the concerns and criticisms for Canadians is affordability and, and the ability to eat healthy on a budget. How do you think consumers can do this? First of all, let's be very careful how we define this issue. The simple fact is we as Canadians spend less money on food than any culture in the history of mankind. We do not have expensive food. We simply don't. Dramatically less resources go into putting food on our tables than ever before in the history of mankind. So let's not call food expensive. Now look, maybe this time of year, food costs a little bit more. Maybe certain vegetables cost a little bit more than the other times of year. Fine. Okay. Food fluctuates and costs just like everything else in our lives. But food is not expensive. It simply is not expensive. You go back 50 years, 100 years ago, you look at the resources that your parents and grandparents needed to put food on the table, dramatically different than today. And I'm not just talking about processed food, all food. So... You know, I strongly disagree with the idea that food is unaffordable. Uh, it's a sham. It's a, it's a way of hiding the real issue. It's a way of not having the conversation about why we don't cook for our families in the mm -hmm. first place. Mm -hmm. You touched on it a little bit with eating seasonally. I think that that can kind of go a long way for people eating on a budget. And there are also other tips within the food guide for healthy eating on a budget as well. Oh, yeah. It's quite doable. It's quite doable. Like, there's no credible study that's ever shown that, you know, single mom on a budget can't go get real food and cook it for her family. Like, it's, it's just not a thing. Mm -hmm. So, Chef Michael, before we wrap up, any last thoughts about the food guide? I am tremendously proud of Canada's food guide. It is an absolute national treasure. We should all be proud of it. The people behind it care for us. They have science at their fingertips. It's right. It's just plain Right. Well, Chef Michael, it is great to work with you through our Happier Plate program. Thank you so much for your thoughts and suggestions. My pleasure. Thanks for being on the team. I'm, uh, I'm now starving. 
<laughs> Me too. I'm going to go get an apple. Thanks. Cheers. And now a quick word from our sponsor, Nature Fresh Farms. Hi, Chef Zach here from Nature Fresh Farms. Spring is here, and as you get ready for warmer weather, it's time to get a jump start on healthy eating habits. The new Canada Food Guide suggests eating a variety of foods with plenty of fruits and vegetables and replacing sugary drinks with water to keep yourself hydrated. Be creative and incorporate new vegetables with old family recipes, like adding red peppers to a classic mac and cheese dish, getting that daily dose of nutrients. For more creative meal recipes, visit our website at naturefresh.ca slash recipes. A quick heads up before we continue that May is learning month at CPMA. We'll be offering members with one free access to our online learning courses, Produce Basics and Produce Essentials. For more information, check out elearning.cpma.ca or contact me at ibrody at cpma.ca. We continue our talk on the new Canada Food Guide with a conversation with registered dietitian Carol Harrison. Hi there, Ian. Hi, Carol. How are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you doing? Good. I'm just going to grab uh, water really quick. Um, yeah, I'm doing okay. the same thing. I'm yeah. looking for a clean glass. Uh, okay. <laughs> What's funny is that that's in the food guide too, is drinking more water. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's kind of fitting. So the new food guide, I, I imagine the dietitian community was waiting with just as much anticipation as we were uh, for its release. Oh, you betcha. Like other people have long known that the food guide was ready for an overhaul and then quite anxious to see what direction the new food guide would take. Yeah, the last one came out in uh, 2007 and, and over the years, I t- touched on it a little bit earlier. As new research came out, criticisms came along with it, um, you know, it being far too prescriptive mm-hmm. and confusing in many ways. Yes, that's right. You know, I remember being in a focus group with Health Canada and said, you know, I'm a dietitian. I've got three kids. And I said, if anyone's going to count their serving throughout the day, it's going to be a registered dietitian. I could tell you I've never done it once. Yeah. So, yeah, it was highly prescriptive, not very practical in that kind of way. And certainly I think they got it right with this new Eat Well plate. Mm-hmm. So what were some of the big highlights for you as as a dietitian with the new food guide? Yeah, well, I like that it has sort of this dual focus. So it's not just what to eat, but how to eat. So the what to eat part now, we've like we've mentioned, we've dropped the serving sizes. We've got this Eat Well plate course featuring half your plate vegetables mm-hmm. and fruits, which is wonderful, great, simple message that I've been championing for years. And then the quarter quality proteins and a variety of protein choices. And then one quarter of the plate, uh, whole grains. I like that there's a strong emphasis on limiting uh, the ultra processed foods, which I see as the main downfall of the Canadian diet. And then the other element, which is, like I said, this how to eat part. So cook and eat together. Um, so practice mindful eating, eat when you're hungry, don't be distracted. Don't try to eat while you're working and or in the car and just sit down and enjoy and savor the taste and the flavors. Um, and a third element, which is really enjoy your food, try new flavors, try new cooking technique, uh, learn about the people who produce your food and where it comes from, create a positive eating environment that mm-hmm. might be playing music or it might be, you know, not getting on your kid's back because they're not eating all the foods you think they should be eating, but trusting that over time, if they see you eat a good, healthy diet, they will too. So not getting into fights and um, with your kids over food. Mm-hmm. The more holistic approach, which is again, something dietitians have always championed, but now it's 
it's um, it's really embodied in the food guide in a more concrete way. Yeah, really about having those yeah. healthy social habits, healthy living habits that go really hand in hand with with healthy eating. I think, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very refreshing. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. One thing we highlighted at the start of the show is is that the guide was developed through evidence based policy making, looking at the nutrition research and working with health professionals, not necessarily with lobby groups. And in a lot of areas, the the research and recommendations were reaffirmed, you know, sodium and the risk of high blood pressure, trans fat, and the risk of cardiovascular disease. But I'd like to get your take on some of the science behind some of the new evidence and the new recommendations in, in the food guide. First, so there's a lot of talk in the evidence of the importance of healthy dietary patterns. What does a healthy dietary pattern mean to you and and why is it so important for Canadian consumers? Mm -hmm. Well, healthy dietary patterns means referring to the foods that we eat day in and day out and not micromanaging our foods. So not, you know, obsessing over maybe an ice cream cone that you have on a weekend when uh, over, your overall diet, what you eat day in and day out, has really been has really been fantastic, and it also means not um, having a nutrient focus, and that's been another paradigm uh, shift. So for the longest time, I mean, even since we figured out, you know, scurvy and vitamin C in whatever that was, the 1700s, uh, we've had this nutrient uh, focused paradigm, which has served us really well during wartime and depressions, um, but. You know, in the 70s, we started to get chronic disease, and, and it wasn't uh, appropriate to focus just on nutrients. And we needed to think about the whole dietary pattern because what was on the rise was all this ultra-processed food. So we started to see all these low-fat products coming out the market, but they weren't really healthy. And the nutrient focus took us away from talking about foods, like telling people, hey, eat lots of vegetables and fruits. Instead, we'd say things like, have lots of fiber, Instead of, and the important thing is to tell people, well, how do you get that fiber? Mm-hmm. Eat lots of vegetables and fruits. The dietary pattern in, um, makes sense in so many different ways because it really addresses right now the issue that we have, which is people who are overfed and they're undernourished. Um, so from an evidence point of view, it's something that served us well and um, health professionals have been pointing to that for a while. We've got to stop focusing on nutrients. We've got to talk about food. People eat food, not nutrients. And we've got to show them how to do it, not just what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's important for Canadians because it's got uh, uh, it's going to help us to achieve better health. It's more holistic. It's more practical. Um, I, like I said, I've got three kids. I run my own business. I'm, I'm busy. And so I just imagine someone else who's nutrition priorities are maybe different than mine who are uh, just feeling overwhelmed and their mind is just boggled trying to keep, you know, afloat all these different nutrient messages when really at the end of the day, if you eat whole minimally processed foods and you balance your plate, you know what? Thumbs up. You're doing all right. Find something else to worry about. Enjoy your day. Cook and eat at home more often. You got it covered. So it just simplifies things for Canadians, which is so important because we're all racing, aren't we? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the food guide really highlights that need to to cut back on those ultra processed foods. Obviously, mm-hmm. strong message. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And but it does create that challenge for you know the busy Canadian or or maybe somebody that's just starting out um, in the kitchen um, that that you know should be eating more fresh fruits and vegetables and probably knows that they should be eating more fresh fruits and vegetables. 
Yes, but the pressures of life take over, mm-hmm. and they, mm-hmm. even though they've got good intentions, we've got research to support this, even though they've got good intentions, the pressures of life take over, and it's like, oh, it didn't happen tonight. Oh, you know, there goes another week. Oh, my goodness, my mm-hmm. kids are, you know, heading off to university, and they still aren't eating enough vegetables and fruits. Yeah, so what, um, what are some strategies yeah. you would have then for that busy family? Right, well, you know, one thing, I, I've got strategies for busy families, but I'd like to even take it up a level higher even and say, we really have to think about um, healthy food environments. So there's one, there's obviously efforts people can make on an individual level, but then there's big efforts that can be made on a broader, bigger, you know, in a Canadian context. So things like, why don't we bring back a food class? And we could call it culinary arts. We don't have to call it home ec. Um, we can, you know, jazz it up a little bit mm-hmm. and, uh, and teach kids in school, make that a mandatory course. I mean, if phys ed is a mandatory course, why is food skills not a mandatory course? Or, I mean, we eat three times a day. Um, do, do they, you know, do I use the geography that I learned in grade 10, for example, three times a day? No, that's, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it's less important, but food skills are so important. And so, um, having one mandatory, say high school credit where, kids have to learn about how to get ready for life and feed themselves. Thinking about the food environment in terms of, you know, recreation centers where there are, I see an awful lot of vending machines, you know, and what else could we have there? My kid's hockey arena, they've got a canteen. What are they serving there? And how can we incorporate more vegetables and fruits and make them tasty and convenient and still help those operators to make some money? Mm -hmm. How can there be more convenient choices um, that are healthy at the grocery store and prominently showcased and not kind of buried or hidden in a corner uh, so that people can see those um, healthy, convenient, chopped up, you know, ready to go vegetables and, and fruits. And you just have to add, you know, your protein and you can make a quick and easy stir fry. Maybe there's a recipe included. So I'd like to see some bigger changes, mm-hmm. um, but for sure, back to Kristen around the uh, families and what families can do is there are, there are options. So knowing that there are those prepackaged vegetables and fruit options that are ready to go, chopped, and um, really save a lot of time for folks. So choosing choosing those options, doing things like cooking once and eating twice. So if I'm chopping up vegetables for our dinner, I'm trying to think ahead. I'm, I'm trying to work smarter, not longer in the kitchen. Uh, so you want to think ahead and say, right, so obviously i got to make a bunch of lunches for tomorrow. So how can these veggies that are going into the dinner be worked into lunches for tomorrow? Chopping up some carrots to go in a stir fry and then, you know, do a bunch more carrots. And those are going to go in for lunches with some hummus, you know, or maybe they're going to go, get grated and go into a wrap or something like that. Mm-hmm. So cook once, eat twice. Big batch is another thing. So if you're making soup or chili I've got some ground beef defrosting in the freezer right now. Actually, I'm going to make one of Chef Michael Smith's uh, chili recipes, oh, and I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'm going to do a big batch. And so while I've got this cutting board out and all the veggies out, I'll just chop up more, and then they're all going in the freezer in little containers. The kids come home from a practice or you know uh, um, evening uh, evening class at school or something, and they miss their dinner. They can just heat that up, and I know they're not you know, thinking about, oh, I better pick up something on my way home to eat because I know mom's going to have something good in the kitchen for me. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, restaurants can do stuff too. I've spoken at the Canadian Restaurant Association Conference on healthier menus for kids and and just trying to get them to think about, you know, putting more uh, vegetables and fruits on their 
on the plates and not assume that they always have to kind of quote unquote kind of dumb down foods for kids. And if we continue to do that, like they're never going to want to choose and enjoy a, a variety of foods. Mm-hmm. So don't assume that they won't eat, you know, um, some cut, uh, cut up fruit that you put out um, along with whatever it is that they're ordering. Mm-hmm. I could go on. Maybe we could talk an hour just on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's great. Um, no, going back to your, the, the point about, uh, I guess, big batches, I find that when my wife and I are doing meal prep, usually on a Sunday, those meals usually end up being quite balanced as well. Yeah. You know, if if it's a soup or if it's a stir fry or whatever, you know, then you're 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 getting a good balance of protein and grain and and obviously fruits and vegetables. Yep. Um, planning goes a long way. Unfortunately, Canadians don't really like to plan. I think the number is around 80% of us decide at the end of the day, hmm, what are we going to have for dinner? And mm-hmm. so I think that's a reality that the folks in the vegetable and uh, fruit industry need to recognize too. We can. There are certain people like yourself who will dedicate that time on the weekend and other people who are saying, you know what, I need some downtime. I need to chill. I can't be go, go, go all week. And then the weekend comes and now I'm cooking meals so that I can get through my week. But, you know, maybe, uh, and I, I probably would be like you, I would find an afternoon in the kitchen really relaxing. Play some tunes and, and actually look at it as part of an enjoyable part of your day. But um, I think the fact that most Canadians decide towards the end of the day what they're going to have for dinner is something that we have to um, think about and help them to capitalize on. So whether it's... Um, you know, um, I don't know. Sometimes I've wondered if it's like paying for ad space on a radio, you know, four o'clock or five o'clock, people are driving home and you're just like firing at meal ideas mm-hmm. for people. Um, uh, knowing that people are doing more grocery shopping trips now than they used to in the past. So less often are they doing this one big shopping? They might doing more frequent shopping. And so capitalizing on that with healthier choices in that kind of deli section. So not only have a you know, a, a rotisserie chicken that you can pick up. But like, what else could I pick up? Like, why can't I pick up a beautiful, you know, soup that's got lots of veggies and, and beans in it maybe in, in, a, um, in a container or some really, uh, um, the salads, I think we're doing a really good job of the salads. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, um, it's just reminding people, getting them in front of them when they're at the grocery store so that they're prominent and they're almost cute to say, take this home for dinner tonight. Like, I think sometimes we're so busy, it's almost like you, you need someone to make that obvious connection for you. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, why don't I pick that up for dinner tonight? Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah, so a um, few ideas there anyway. Great, yeah, there's there's no shortage of uh, directions and, and strategies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be good to test them too. I'm really curious. I don't know how much, maybe some of this research is done and, it's, um, and rightly so people keep it to them, you know, People keep it to themselves because it's market inside market intelligence, right? But um, I would love to see some research to show if you move, you know, move these cho- choices different places in the grocery store, um, like get rid of the candy bars, maybe by the by the checkout, and instead have like a um, a refrigerated container, uh, and it's got like you know trays of veggies and fruits that mm-hmm. are convenient and just those last minute choices people might think of to say, yeah, you know what? I'd love to have a tray of, you know, veggies and dip tonight for dinner, but we're heading out to soccer. I've only got half an hour to get the kids in washed, fed and out the door again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to grab that. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
And so, interesting times ahead, lots yeah, of opportunities. <laughs> certainly, certainly. And it's such a challenging time right now, too, because the, the culture and the social climate of diet and nutrition is so polarized, especially online mm-hmm. where, you know, you see these some extreme diets and, you know, nutrition views that, that can gain traction. So I think, like, like you said, um, you know, services, government need to be really explicit in um, creating those strategies and, and opportunities for consumers to learn about, you know, what is a healthy dietary pattern? What What is good nutrition? Right. Yeah. Getting the evidence out there, making it practical, um, being, you know, in front of people on social media or like we said in the retail setting so that people hear these messages and get these tips and ideas. I mean, most of us know like what we're supposed to do very often it's the how to do it. That's really tricky. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that's great for folks in your industry is regardless of all these these different dietary trends, everyone agrees that vegetables are king. (laughs) We should be eating lots of vegetables. Um, And and, I mean, the only group, maybe it might be like the folks following a very low carb diet. They might be saying, well, I might not eat, you know, as much fruits as vegetables. There might be some lower carb fruits that I want to have, but the vegetables and fruits are pretty much um, front and center for mm-hmm. for all the different dietary trends. Yeah, yeah, and it just becomes a question of how do do we incorporate that, right? And 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 the, the that challenge for consumers in terms of incorporating yeah. fruits and vegetables right. into the diet. Yeah, yeah. I was just and I was just going to mention we've got to keep in mind the food guide is a guide. It's not one size fits all. You mm-hmm. it, you take that those dietary principles like eat a lot of vegetables and fruits, like, but every meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and in your snacks. Um, but then you can tweak it to suit, you know, to suit your budget, your lifestyle, your preferences and within that. So, and if people need help with that, um, depending on the dietary goals, they can always seek out a registered dietitian and, and get some, and get some help to make sure they're doing it in a healthy way. Yeah, certainly. So let's go back to talking about cooking and eating together. How do you think Canadians overall are doing in that respect and why is it so important? Well, you know, the research from Health Canada, they did an evidence review looking at food skills and we're finding that there is uh, evidence that they're declining. So we're not, um, we're not cooking and eating together nearly um, enough at home. We could certainly improve there. And the one thing that's really important to keep in mind is that when you do eat um, at home, which is a reason why we encourage people to do it, is that you're more likely to eat vegetables and fruits. We all know that when you eat out, and I did restaurant reviews for the Toronto Star's newspaper, uh, a column called The Dish, and I'd give a thumbs up, thumbs down on the restaurant meals. And, and one of the reasons why I'd say, you know, it wasn't so great was because there wasn't enough vegetables in it. Um, so you'll eat more vegetables and fruits when you're eating as a family, um, eating at home. And the other thing to keep in mind too is that Cost can be an issue for people when um, they're trying to think about increasing their vegetables and fruits. And I mean, I personally think that it's a cost that's well worth spent and that we spend way too much money on ultra-processed foods. 50% of our calories come from ultra-processed foods. So why don't we swap a bag of chips for, you know, a few apples and and pears, uh, that kind of thing. But um, if you're eating out less often and you're cooking and eating at home, you're going to have more money to buy those vegetables and fruits that we know are, are really healthy and good for us. And you're role modeling as well for your kids. I like to think for myself, I'm showing my kids, even though life gets busy, healthy eating and sitting and eating together is really important. And we find a way to make it happen. Even if that means we're going to 
fry up some veggies, um, you know, and make some veggie omelets and uh, have a little bit of fruit and a glass of milk and some toast inside uh, on the side before we like race out the door in 20 minutes um, for, you know, whatever it is we have to get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So the cooking and eating at home is a really important message. And there's lots and lots of opportunities to um, help people with that in terms of eating vegetables and fruits and, and making sure that uh, they know how to cook them and how to prepare them in, in tasty ways that are, are convenient. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Carol, thank you so much for your tips and thoughts on the food guide. We uh, really appreciate your insight. Well, thanks for having me. For some great recipes, check out halfyourplate.ca. There you will find plenty of fresh ideas for your next meal. Thanks again to Chef Michael and to Carol for their tips and thoughts on the food guide. Thank you to our sponsor, Nature Fresh Farms. And thank you for listening. Again, you can subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes and Google Play. Until next time, fill half your plate with fruits and veggies. Continue to seek out new knowledge and basically never stop growing.